I am just so excited. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to be here. Even though we've had a fire, I arranged for there to be smoke in the building, just so that we would feel, you know, at home. It's a joy to hear Mark uh, do the Bible reading, um, and Chloe and Peter. But it seems just like yesterday that we baptized Mark, um, what was it, two, three months ago, four months ago? Um, a journey of faith coming out of atheism and finding Jesus. And today is all about Jesus. And in a moment, we're going to be baptizing three more guys. We've heard their stories. We've seen their faith. We've appreciated their testimony. We're going to be baptizing them. And it's all in the name of Jesus. And if you don't know about Jesus or you're a little bit skeptical, a bit on the edge, on the outside, looking in, or maybe you're on a journey of trying to reconnect with a faith that you once used to have, a little bit like um, Geo and, uh, to a lesser extent, Tim, then this is a really good chance for you just to think about faith and to think about the meaning of Easter because it is the heart of the Christian faith. I remember when uh, my brother and I were kids. We were kids in the 80s. I'm a lot older than I look. I'm actually in my 90s. But uh, we were kids in the 80s, and we used to watch television. It was a lot simpler in those days, much less choice, uh, black and white even. But there was one particular program that we loved. It was called Hitchcock Presents. Alfred Hitchcock would come on. He would introduce these kind of tales of the unexpected, these stories with twists in the tale. And every uh, episode, he'd come up, and the music would stop. And we'd be getting in, and it would be creepy. There's one particular one that I've never forgotten all of my life. It was about a woman. She was 80s. It was Ice Queen. It was Dallas. She had back-combed hair coming up out of her head and uh, frosty makeup, an absolute ice queen, and she was a bad woman. Uh, she had got herself into a relationship with a rich man, and then she did him in for the money, but she got found out, so she sent to prison for life. But she's in prison, and somehow she's still got all the kind of the glamorous makeup and everything, and she's, she's scheming about how she's going to get out of this prison, how she's going to get out of the uh, situation that she's in. And she finds the black, the old black caretaker. And she begins to work her magic on this guy. She begins to wheedle and cajole and suggest and intimate. She says, listen, if you can help me get out of here, I will make it worth your while. I'll give you money. I'll give you wealth. I'll give you all of this. So it was, it was gripping. You know, you're 12 years old, you're gripped. And um, the old black caretaker says, the only way you get out of this prison is in a box. And they would have, um, it was very, very dramatic. They would have these prisoners who died. And when the prison, a prisoner died, they would ring a bell. And then the prisoner would be put in a coffin in the chapel. And uh, then the old black caretaker would come, nail the thing down. His work crew would carry the coffin out. They'd bury it outside. Old black caretaker says to the woman, he says, if you come through on your promises, then I will arrange for you to put yourself in a coffin when someone dies. You're just going to have to sleep and lie on top of them. It was macabre. But she said, yeah, I'll do it. No, I, I didn't question the fact that you can't really get two people into a coffin. It was a gripping story. And so she waits a few weeks for the next person to die. Bell tolls a few weeks later. The old black caretaker has given her a key to her cell. 
And uh, she's got a box of matches. She gets the matches, she gets the key, she gets out of the cell, she moves through the corridors of the prison. She gets to the chapel. She puts herself into, in this dark chapel, all the lights are off, she climbs into the coffin. A few minutes later, she hears the uh, lid being put down and, and nailed in place. And then she can feel the old black caretaker's work crew carrying the coffin out. And then she can hear it as they dig the grave. They dig the grave. And then she's lowered down into it. And the dirt comes back on top. And she is creeped out. But you don't get to be an ice queen without having a little bit of guts. And so she just takes it. She handles it. And she waits, she waits for the old black caretaker to come and fetch her out of the coffin. She waits for half an hour. She waits for an hour. She wa- I, I don't know if she waited for an hour. It was a TV program. They cut, okay? But uh, time passes until finally she can stand the suspense no longer. She gets her box of matches and uh, not really wanting to see who she's next to, she strikes a match. And then you just hear the sound of screaming, screaming, screaming. Overhead shot down from the graveyard, screams emanating out of the ground. And then close up, interior, the coffin, the woman, the ice queen with her match burning low, looks at the person next to her, and it is the old black, oh, the old black caretaker! And me and my brother were like, ah! The music comes on, and we're, hold me, hold me. We're just absolutely terrified. And that little story, that melodramatic television episode, it never left me. And it taught me one powerful lesson at an early, early age. A lesson that was more profound than I realized at the time. And it has an application that is universal. But it's something that I have come to appreciate more and more as I have gone on. And the the fundamental lesson that I learned from that story is this. A dead man cannot save you. A dead man cannot save you. She's looking for the old black caretaker to come and save her and rescue her, but he's dead. And a dead man cannot save you. A dead man cannot break you out of a coffin. A dead man cannot help you in your deepest, darkest need. A dead man can give you teaching. A dead man can give you stories and philosophies. A dead man can give you a way of life. But he cannot save your life. A dead man cannot save you. And the early believers, they knew this. Now, if you're not uh, very au fait with faith, If you're, again, a little bit on the outskirts, if this is like the first time I've been to church in a while and it's really quite crazy and odd, and why do they have all these things and why is everyone so jolly, as uh, Liam said, you need to understand that the, the symbol at the heart of the Christian faith is not the cross, it's the empty tomb. And the message of the early church was not the cross about Jesus dying for our sins. It was the empty tomb. It's just that crosses are easier to draw than empty tombs. When Peter is first launching the church and unveiling it to the world, he speaks a message about Jesus, and this is what he says. He says this, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. 
This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But, but, God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. And he quotes the Psalms, and then he carries on, and he says this. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it, exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. In other words, the message of the early church was, yes, Jesus has died, and that's important because that shows you the depths of God's love. If someone would give their very life for you, they cannot, literally cannot love you more. But what makes a difference is he is risen from the dead. That is what makes faith work. That's what makes faith worth following because he is risen. And the early church, they made a brand new holy day and they made it Sunday. Why Sunday, not Friday? Because Jesus died for our sins on the Friday. That is amazing. But Sunday is where everything changes. They said, let Sunday be the special day because he is risen. Able to traverse the world, the known world at the time, suffering privation and imprisonment and torture and martyrdom. Why? Because he is risen. If Jesus is risen from the dead, then death itself has no ultimate fear for me. Sure, I wouldn't want it to be painful or challenging, but ultimately I'm not frightened because he is risen. One of the early believers, Paul, used to be a Pharisee, was an opponent of the church. He was antagonistic to the church. He persecuted the church, tried to shut it down. He thought that it was a, a dangerous heresy, needed to be stamped out, too sweet. And he sees Jesus, the risen Jesus, and then he proclaims, Jesus is alive. He goes across the whole known world, the ancient world, and he says, I've changed all of my life. I've changed all of my plans, all my perspectives, because he is risen. He's put in front of one of the Roman uh, governors who has his fate in his hands, Festus. And Festus says, you're intense. Learning has made you mad because he was an intellectual. He was an academic. He was well-versed in all ancient literature and knowledge. He says, I'm not mad, but he is risen. It changes everything. It changes everything that we do. It changes everything that we feel about life. I'm not just talking here about a nice religion, a crutch to help weak people navigate a difficult, challenging life. I'm talking about a whole brand new way in which we understand the nature of reality itself. He is risen. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead and therefore everything changes and nothing can be the same and I have to live my life in the light of that. And when I discover that, it changes everything because he is risen. In a moment, we go down these steps uh, into a heated pool, guys. We've had so many freezing metro baptisms. People have committed their lives to Jesus and then come out with hypothermia. But not today, not today. We have a warm pool. And by the way, can we give a massive round of applause to Angela Mosley for letting us use this church and all the Alma people. All the Alma people. 
we love you, we thank you, and uh, we will try not to burn your place down as well. But um, listen, when we put them in the water, do you know what putting in the water means? It means they're enacting out their burial. We're kind of burying them in water, a little bit like the, the, um, the Hitchcock Ice Queen and the old black caretaker. She's buried under, but we, we bury them in water because it's, you know, it's, it's less gross and it's easier, but it also symbolizes a kind of a washing. And it's saying, look, your old life is dead, buried, gone, finished, over, finito, benito. Thank you for playing. Your old life is gone. Your old life of living for yourself. Your old life when you're the number one, when you're the most important person in your own life. That old life is finished. It's over. You're crucified with Christ. All your old guilt is buried. All your old shame is buried. All your old regret is buried. It's buried and it's washed clean. But if we just leave you in the water, just taking in that whole symbolism, that's not good. That's not going to change anybody. That's going to, that's going to kill you. <laughs> when we bring you up, we say, but the best thing about this whole kitten caboodle <laughs> he is risen and we get to be risen with him too Jesus is alive with a brand new kind of life and we get to have a brand new kind of life too a life that cannot be snuffed out by physical death because we believe that just as Jesus was risen from the dead we too will be risen from the dead he's gone on ahead of us as a kind of prototype and one day he will raise us up. Jesus says, listen, he who believes in me, even though they die, they shall live. Because I will raise them up on the last day. And Jesus gives us life. Why? Because he is risen. You can go to the tomb of Muhammad. You can visit the bones of the Buddha, of Confucius. But when you get to the empty tomb of Jesus Christ, you see nothing but a victory sign because Jesus has beaten death that's why as a community we're able to do this thing it means that we do our church we do our faith we do our community together if we lose our building denada if we lose our equipment no biggie because it's not about that it's not about the show it's not about the the hype it's about a bunch of people who've got together because we have been bonded together by that one inescapable reality that we've discovered between us he is risen he is risen he's risen if you don't know Jesus you have literally the best thing in the world ahead of you you could know him you could discover him you could find him like Liam has found him. You could experience him like Tim has experienced him. You, you could come into relationship with him like Gio has come into relationship with him. And find out something... <sighs> Technical issues. Denada. Find out something that changes you for good. Changes everything for the better. When a person gives their life to Jesus, what they're saying is, my old life is dead, like a baptism, I've gone down and there is an old life and it's left in the water. When I'm raised back up, it's a brand new life because he is risen. 
Some of you here, uh, you have a good faith, you have a strong faith, and that's a fantastic thing. Others of you, actually, you need to look a little bit more. Some people will think, well, you know, are you trying to get me to become a Christian here and now? Maybe. But actually, one of the things that we love to do is to invite people to go on a journey. Because if he is risen, then there should be evidence for it. If he is alive today, you should be able to investigate that. Something so outlandish in its claims should be easy to just deal with and get it done with once and for all, or to be led into a relationship with Jesus. The fact of the matter is that there's no one like Jesus. Jesus, who was born uh, of a virgin and who rose again from the dead. One person said he entered this world through the virgin's womb and left through the empty tomb. In other words, he entered this world through a door marked no entrance, and he left this world through a door marked no exit. Because there's no one like Jesus. And you can explore that. You can examine it. You can test it and try it for yourself. We've got some hopefully chairs You'd have seen um, an Alpha course invitation. Alpha is just an invitation to an eight-week course. There's a video. Um, some of our guys that we know are on it. They're kind of the, the big Alpha guys, actually based in Bristol, actually. But uh, you have a chance to meet with people just like you on a journey of faith. People who are skeptical, cynical, unconvinced, but questioning, open-minded, and open to discussion. And then there's uh, refreshments, there's discussion, there's presentation. But you can find out something that will change your life. Mark, that did the last reading, you did, what, how many Alpha courses? At least four. He's a cynical, hard-hearted Welshman. And yet, it's fine. You take your time. Because if he is risen, it's worth exploring and it's worth taking the time. So I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to go and uh, bring these guys into the pool and uh, baptize them. And then we're going to finish with uh, celebration, and I want you to just celebrate. I want us to just rejoice in God's goodness, that Jesus is alive, and we're going to tell the whole world we believe because he is risen, he can change our city. Because he is risen, he can transform our nation. Because he is risen, there is hope for a world that looks right now broken, burning, at war, in conflict, in crisis. Do we despair? Well, we would without Jesus. But we don't because he is risen. And that changes everything. Let's pray together. just invite you to um, have your eyes closed and take a moment to reflect. And this is just a general prayer for all of us that are wanting to go uh, on a spiritual journey wherever you are, whether that is coming back to faith or whether that's examining faith for the very first time or whether that's just saying, I don't know, I guess I've got nothing to lose by opening my heart up to a God that I'm not even sure exists or not. But here's a little Easter prayer. I'll pray it, but you can own it. Dear God, you know my life. You know where I'm coming from. You know my issues. I pray that you would help me. If you're real, I want to know you for myself. I want to experience you. 
Please help me with my questions and help me with my doubts. Help me with my issues and help me with my problems. I open myself up to you. If you, Jesus, did really rise from the dead, then show me, help me, come to me. I pray my prayer in simple faith in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for every single one of us that is spiritually hungry, Lord, that looks at our own lives and says there's got to be more to life than this. Lord, I want to pray that we would each find Jesus. And I want to pray for these guys as they get baptized. I pray that we would just be able to celebrate them together. And I pray that they would move forward, that they'd be filled with the Holy Spirit, that they would go from this place from strength to strength in the name and the power of Jesus Christ. Amen.